0: Recently on the Grand Life Facebook page, I asked your listeners to tell me what you felt when you moved to be near your grands. And many of you responded and some uh, messaged me that it was a difficult adjustment, but it was worth it. And Mike and I are here to tell you, it is a big adjustment. I'm Emily Morgan. And I'm Mike Morgan. And in this episode, we do a review of an old episode uh, called The Grandparent in the Room. And it's about having children and being there when your grandchildren are born.
1: And speaking of rooms, we're in a bunch of new ones. They just don't sound much better than the last one we were in, acoustically (laughs) speaking.
0: Okay, well, here we are. We are in a new place. We live now in Virginia, and we are podcasting with boxes all around us, so things haven't changed that much since the last few weeks before that.
1: It has turned out to be a process that um, was more of a challenge than I think we realized. We're, We're now in fewer square feet than we were before. Yeah. And so the space that we needed to raise a family and all the things that go with that, we just don't need right now. But there's more to get rid of than we did.
0: <laughs> we are shedding terribly. <laughs> we are trying. It's really hard. It's a stretch. And, you know, I write about the stretch it takes. But, man, there's just so much to get rid of. And we're trying to do it responsibly. So I think that's part of it, too. We're trying to recycle and and pass things on and, and get things sold and, you know, all of that stuff so that we're not just throwing it into a... Uh, into the trash. And we
1: found a yard sale that we can camp onto that happens in a couple of weeks, and we're going to do that again. <laughs> Gosh, I just, we just finished yard selling.
0: <laughs> and we do not like yard sales. It was really funny, I have to say, when we did this yard sale, because the way we did it was somebody suggested this to us. You put up Venmo codes so that people can just Venmo you the money, and you just tell them that they can pay whatever they want to pay And that did not go over as well as I thought it would.
1: A lot of people are uncomfortable with that. Some came with the intention of haggling. Mm -hmm. And of course, they were disappointed until you finally did see it their way and let them haggle a little bit. (laughs) A few, not a lot. Well,
0: I mean, it's really funny because you ask them to pay what they want and then they just hum and haw and they don't know how to handle it so then they say well you tell me how much it is and i'll say okay well five dollars and they'll say well can we make it three dollars and i'm like okay and so eventually they're paying what they want but they just had to have a number to start with it was it was just really funny because seriously we would have taken a quarter for some of this stuff because you, we were you just would so have. I yeah. have i had
1: a few problems with that <laughs> yeah. 25 cents are you kidding me this is <laughs> copper wire
0: <laughs> We did have that uh dilemma I tried I actually had to walk better. away and go into the house <laughs> because I would say things to you like no just just we just need to get rid of it
1: And uh, and you were right and we just did we yep. and we needed to get rid of more than we did Fortunately though we uh I don't think we let anything anything go into landfill
0: No it right. was all
1: either sold or donated or given away.
0: And I'm really proud of that. But that's because we had time. We kept, you know, we had a long time to get ready to do this. Well,
1: we, we did and then we didn't. Well, if that's ha- true. If we had had as much time as we thought we were going to have, we might have been able to shed more of the stuff than, than, yeah. than we did. Yeah. So here we are, moved in and still shedding, which is okay. <laughs> Things are getting back to normal. It took a good week. But things are now getting back to normal.
0: Yeah. And I, and I got to say, it's so funny. I, I'm not putting any pressure on ourselves. We're living with the chaos for a little while longer. It's not like we have to get all these boxes undone. But we did move to be near some grands. And our youngest grand in this group um, is looking for a specific teddy bear that I promised her I would bring. And I have not been able to find her yet.
1: But you did bring the bear.
0: I brought the bear. It's somewhere. And every time she comes over, she says, Have you brought Muffy's mother yet? Where is Muffy's mother? And I think it really disturbs her that she's tucked away in some box. But I I seriously cannot remember where I put her. And she will come to life again and we will find her. And you know, but but uh, the little one, she's not so patient. She's just like, every time she comes over, so disappointed.
1: <laughs> I have a question for you. Okay. How long did it take before the adult children that we now live near used the Grandma Express for transporting grandchildren around? How long did that take after we got here? Uh,
0: less than a week or a week. I guess it was a week, yeah. which was great. I mean, I'm happy to do it. And we've it's had one of the reasons we came. We've had some fun times. i tell you already in the car when i was picking one of them up and i love this one-on-one that we get to do um i was asking him and this is a game that we played we picked up and adopted from our other uh, grandchildren their parents in uh, indiana what is the best thing that happened to you today and the worst thing that happened to you today and actually I did it the other way around What's the worst thing that happened and then he would share his worst thing and I would share my worst thing. And then he would share his best thing and I would share my best thing. And I can't believe how much I learned about him just from that conversation. Now, I missed the exit. We were supposed to get off (laughs) to go to where I was getting him to. But, you know, it's okay. We had a great conversation and I was only one minute late for his uh, thing that he had to be at. So anyway, I have to say those are fun things, some really fun things to get to know them on a one-on-one basis. Before our chat's over, I just want to remind you that we love hearing from you on the Grand Life Facebook page. I will put up questions sometimes. We also have a telephone number where you can leave a voicemail. 317-
1: Five seven two seven eight seven six.
0: Perfect. And you can always email us at grandlifeconnection at gmail.com. Please communicate with us. This is the way that we know that you're listening. We love hearing from you. Also, please feel free to rate and review our podcast. That always helps too. Um, we appreciate any feedback we get from you guys. And thanks for being patient with us because this has been a big transition. It's taking a lot out of us to figure out how to live in another place that we're not used to. Um, But I do think it's going to be worth it.
1: Our back catalog has uh, rescued us over the last several weeks of moving. And here now we're going to take a listen to one from season one, one of the very first episodes that we did. And it covers one of the topics that you had been thinking about for a while.
0: Yeah, I think it holds up too, because things have not changed. There are people who get to be in the room When their grandbabies are born and there are people who do not get to be. And it uh, shouldn't be a competition. It should just be a fact. Sometimes it works that way. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you miss it completely. Um, But the
1: feelings around this are big.
0: They are big. They are big.
1: And the conversations are rich. So let's step back in time to Season 1, Episode 5, The Grandparent in the Room.
0: Today, we're going to talk to a midwife and an obstetrician who have helped bring many babies into the world since the 1980s, and who have also seen quite a change in the room where it happens.
2: When I had my babies um, 23 to 30 years ago, um, hospitals would often only let the partner in. Everyone else had to wait in a waiting room. My name is Mari Breen Rothman, and I am the director of MAMAS, Inc. This is a private practice of certified nurse midwives. Our headquarters is in um, Tacoma Park, Maryland, and we serve all of D.C. and all of the close-in Maryland suburbs of D.C.
0: Mari has been practicing for 23 years, and OBGYN Dr. Becky Hawk has been in practice since 1987,
3: Um, But more recently, leaving general practice and uh, doing some volunteer work with different mission organizations around the world, as well as in indigent communities here in Indiana.
0: She remembers from her time in residency in the 1980s that no one was invited into the room.
3: And then we went through a spell uh, in the 90s where it was very much invite anybody, and it almost became kind of a circus. I remember looking around one time, and there were like eight people in the room because it was... Moms and cousins and sisters, and the neighborhood never seen a baby born. And I thought, oh my gosh, we got to sell bleacher seats. And then it seems like it's really gone back to more of a, a measured, kind of protected approach of just special people and, and somebody that they really want there.
2: Even at home, we encourage people um, the person that's having the baby, we encourage them to be really, uh, self-focused about who they invite and not to invite someone because they'll have hurt feelings if you don't invite them or they invited you to their birth. So you feel like you should invite them to your birth or they're a nurse who works in the NICU and has never seen a normal birth. So it would be good for her. We encourage people just to invite people that will make them feel safe and comfortable.
0: Today, while it's not always the case, Dr. Hawk estimates that... Overall, maybe 30% of births have a grandparent in the room. While it does happen then, it's not that common for a daughter to invite her mother into the room. It's still a privilege, a singular experience, one that is hard to forget for several reasons.
2: Often I say to grandmothers who are present, I'll say to them, you have the hardest job here because you have to watch your child go through this and you cannot do anything to help (laughs) <laughs> can't so have true. a single contraction <laughs> and you can't, you know, take it away and make her feel better because she just has to do this. You know, the power that brings forth the next generation is, is awesome. And yeah. when you are the, the parent of the person who's doing that, it, it's just
0: amazing. Amazing is a good word for it because there is nothing like it. Fortunately, I had been able to see my own children born, and so while the perspective was different, as a mother, I had been at the head of the bed, and now I was nearer the foot, I was still experiencing something not for the first time, but for multiple times. Dr. Hawk points out that for the generation before me, that wasn't always the case. Once hospitals started allowing grandparents in the room, it was the first time they had ever even seen a baby born, because many of
3: those women had had their babies in the 60s, early 70s, where they used twilight anesthesia. And overwhelmingly they said, I've never seen a baby born because they were asleep when they had their children. So it was this awesome, awesome thing just to see a child be born. And as well as the joy and uh, the amazingness, I just felt like it was a little bit healing for them to, to be able to see a child born and be a part of that which they weren't privileged to do because the anesthetic practices.
0: As we have noted, if you are not one of those people who was invited into the room or wasn't able to be there, even if you were invited to be, you are a majority member. Sometimes the best thing you can do is to be
3: supportive in other ways. As a physician, I tell people, look, you're making a new family. And this is about you and your husband and your child, this is a very intensely emotional experience. It's a beginning of a new thing. And if you want your mom there, great. But mom needs to be there to support the building of this new family.
0: And if you are in the room for the birth, the best way to support might be, as Mari advises, to just get out of the way and ask the question not, what can I do to help the mother, but instead, What is she doing, and how can I either help that or get out of the way of
2: that? You know, just being really alert for ways to help without being obtrusive and and remembering that this is kind of her show, and she's the star, and we're all just bit players around her.
0: So as we prepare for and then are ushered into the labor and delivery of our grandchildren, it's important to remember that it's not about us, and really, it's not about the baby yet. Mari reminds us that we need to be thinking more about our daughters. In our culture, in
2: American culture, when when there is a birth, a pregnancy or a birth going on, we are very baby focused. Hmm. But the baby isn't really doing anything. The baby is just on a ride, uh, the most amazing ride of its life. (laughs) But it's the mother who's doing something. It's the mother that's creating a person and the mother who's you know, opening the door of the universe to let a brand new human being in. And so my feeling is that
3: she really should be the focus.
0: As Becky shares, one daughter might need an in-your-face encouragement.
3: It was her mother who got in her face and said, now you get control, you can do this, and kind of pulled her back in and and was the voice that she needed that she, you know, remembered to be able to get her inner self-controlled It was a funny situation just because I knew them all that well. Um, But Grandma was a great help in that situation.
0: Another might need a mom who has her back, quite literally. I remember one birth where
2: the dad really wanted to catch the baby and the mom really wanted him to have that. It was actually her third baby, and she just felt like it would be really cool if he got to have that. But then um, she ended up having a longer labor than she had with either of her first two kids. And at the end, the way that she could be comfortable was, um, was by lean, you know, he sat on the bed and she leaned back against him so she could be sort of in a reclining chair position, but, but he could help, um, you know, sort of hold her when she was pushing. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then, you know, it got toward the end and she said, I feel like the baby's coming. And I said, I think you're right. And she said, but I want him to catch the baby. And And I said, you know, it looks like you need him where he is. And she said, no, my mom could trade places with him. So her mom climbed in behind her and he climbed out. And, you know, he, he ended up, you know, with my help, catching the baby and putting the baby on her chest. And I just remember the baby going into the mom's arms and the grandma's arms sort of around the mom's Ugh. arms, and the looks on both of their faces were just amazing. Like, they were just, after all that, sort of shocked that there was a baby there, you know, mm-hmm. and amazed that it was over. And, yeah. um, and and they looked very much alike, too, this mother and grandmother. So it, it was just a, a really striking picture in my mind.
0: Yeah, what a beautiful Nesting. (laughs) Yeah, that was great. Oh, that's wonderful. But in all cases, as grandparents in or out of the room,
3: we need to be there to support. I'm second seat now. You
0: know, Mm -hmm. this is
3: this is about them, and and how they develop this. For doctors and
0: midwives alike, the kind of support that grandparents can bring to the birth is no small thing, and both Mari and Becky expressed that any kind of support they get is welcomed. Thank you to all the grandparents out there who support their children in their births. Most births are not easy, but some might require even more support than we humans can
3: provide. It was her third delivery. It was going to be her last. She had two girls, desperately wanted a boy. And so both her mom and his mom were in the room because it was going to be the last grandchild. And they, they decided to do it this way. turns out this baby was a couple pounds bigger than her previous ones. It was a very difficult birth. And as I'm struggling and sweating trying to get this baby out, I look behind me, glance thinking, oh, how are the grandmas taking this? The grandmas were holding hands and praying. And after that, that baby came right out. And I thought, man, you're going to give me praying grandmas in the room? I want them all there.
0: I talked to two people who were invited into the room and whose experiences were similar in one important way. They were nearly denied that chance to see a grandchild born. For Nancy, her daughter had stated that she wasn't going to have anyone in the room except her husband and the care team. Nancy believed she would have to wait to meet her grandson until after the birth. For Paul, he missed the birth of all of his own children, but then was invited in to another birth that still makes him teary when he recalls what happened.
4: This was totally different. This was eyewitness watching that birth and the miracle, the real miracle of birth. It it was total amazement.
0: Paul was of a different generation. He was, as Dr. Hawk had mentioned, living in a time when even fathers were rarely invited into the room. And so when Paul was asked by his daughter to join the group, that included both his wife and his other daughter, who was serving as the doula, he was pretty surprised.
4: I just am so thankful that she considered, uh, she thought enough about it. I don't remember us being very, very specific with her at this particular period of time uh, prior to the birth, but I know that probably in conversations that we'd had earlier on, I probably said, I wished i could have been there.
0: For Nancy, she had come to grips with the fact that her daughter had said she wanted the birth of her baby to be a special moment just between herself and her husband.
5: And so I understood that and said, that's that's fine. As it turned out, Nancy
0: found herself at the right place at the right time, all because her daughter needed the health insurance card out of the wallet that she forgot at home.
5: Dropped off the card and uh, they called the room and the nurse came out at the door and i handed it to her and she, i could hear austin in the throes i knew she was in the throes of labor i just said i love you and she said mom i'm sorry and i said fine i understand and i walked down the hall and as i walked down the hall the nurse came back out and said come on back she wants you to come in and <laughs> i just looked at her and said really are you sure
0: The level of involvement for the two grandparents varied.
4: I was really uh, back um, Mm -hmm. from the bed. I was really just, uh, at that particular point, really uh, an observer and an admirer uh, of what was going on.
5: But Nancy was right in the thick of it. It was totally from one end of the the spectrum to the other end of the spectrum. So that, in and of itself, just being in the room was... Was to me um, incredible, but then to be able to actually be a part of the birth, yeah, uh, Yeah. was was above and beyond uh, anything that I ever expected. So it was, yeah, quite an an emotional uh, roller coaster for me.
0: Both grandparents talked about that special bond they feel with their grandsons now, having been there to witness the birth.
5: I feel a bond with Max that I don't think would necessarily be there
3: mm-hmm. if I
5: had not experienced his, his birth. Paul
0: has a long-term perspective over 20 years now on the bond he has with Griffin. He mentioned that he and his wife Pauline are very involved with all their grandchildren and now great-grandchildren. They keep up with them, they pray for them, and they're intentional about knowing what's going on in their lives. But the fact that he was at Griffin's birth has cemented a bond that started then and has continued to grow.
4: And now, even after 20 years, we're bonded together, really. Mm-hmm. He is such a joy. We have We have good communications together, and uh, he'll come up from school just to get together with me or I'll go halfway way down and we'll meet halfway. Mm-hmm. But uh, just the fellowship that we have and the love for each other uh, is a real a real real blessing. and I'm just so thankful for it.
0: So if you'd like any more information about Certified Nurse Midwife Mari Breen Rothman or OBGYN Dr. Becky Hawk, please take a look at the show notes visible on the episode page however you receive your podcasts. Wow, I really love that episode. It brings me back to when we were having grandchildren kind of on a regular basis, little ones being born. And in fact, uh, one of our grandchildren turned 10 this year, uh, and I... I was just thinking about this, explaining to one of the other grandchildren who lives here about how our um, local grand had been born 10 years ago, and it was a C-section. So we were not able to be involved in the room where it happened at all.
1: Not only was it a C-section, but there were medical complications that put the mother's life at risk. So there was a lot of drama, a lot of quick movement, Yeah, and we just needed to stay out of the way.
0: Exactly. And, and maintain that, you know, our expectations are one thing, but sometimes they don't get met and that's okay because as I said in the episode, it isn't about us. It's about the mother and then about the baby. And we did get to see the baby and after she was born and it was all okay. And that's all we cared about at that point. All you care about is a healthy baby. So it's not about whether you're in the room or you're not in the room. Sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't.
1: And in case it doesn't, hopefully today's Rewind episode has given you some things to think about and ways to sort of manage and cope with however it turns out with the grandparent in the room.
0: In the meantime, I'm Emily Morgan.
1: And I'm Mike Morgan.
0: And thank you for joining us in Living the Grand Life.